0: Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Morning Devotion, and what an amazing time we're going to have here today. Beginning 21 days of prayer and fasting. Hey, what did you think of that intro Thanks to Cameron and our team for pulling that together to celebrate the one-year mark of morning devotion. We're also bringing this live today on YouTube. Yeah, that's what all the crazy countdowns have been for. Look for Ken Gurley Morning Devotion on YouTube. Subscribe there. You will see comments out to the side. Some will have the blue Facebook logo. Some will have the red YouTube logo because we think they will overlay over time, and you'll be able to share in this community. So thank God for that, and I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you're sharing in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Our leadership team felt a year ago, a year ago, that we were entering and embarking upon a season that required a saturation of prayer and fasting a season that was beyond us, that was higher than us, stronger than us, deeper than us, something that we were going through that would be difficult for you and me to understand, and that we needed God's help as never before. Well, we're in the same boat now, if not more so than a year ago. We genuinely must have the help of heaven. We need a Bethel, not a Babel experience. We need God to come down. And so today, for 21 days straight, we are lo- we are launching into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I want to speak to you today on a message that's on my heart lately called In Due Season. We're leaving it up to each person who cooperates how to fast, a Daniel fast, an intermittent fast, a partial fast. However you choose to do that, just ask God what he would have you to do. Amen. Be safe, be mindful, but earnestly seek the face of God. I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. So for 21 days straight, we will focus not on prayer and fasting. That's not the focus. We're going to focus on seeking the face of God for an awakening. That's what we need. Does prayer and fasting work? If you were to look at the history of prayer and fasting in our nation, where this broadcast originates, in America, you would see that seasons of prayer and fasting have a long history in our country. From the early days, colonists would pray through attacks and famines and droughts and any adversity that came against them. It was Edward Winslow who described it one day, he, he said it like this Drought and the like considerations move not only every good man privately to enter into the examination with his own state between God and his conscience, and so to humiliation before him, but also to humble ourselves together before the Lord by fasting and prayer. We join in that tradition, and we join in one far older than that that a season of turning our souls to the only wise God, the God who knows all, the God who is able, amen? In fact, this is what I feel impressed to do in these 21 days. I I feel impressed that we've heard enough of what man has to say. The talking heads have said enough. Man's perspective, politics, hate speech, conspiracy theories, politically slanted speech, we've heard enough. We need to set our face like a flint toward heaven and we need to see his face. We need God in the mix. We need a touch that only heaven can bring. We need an awakening sent by God into our world. We await eagerly. That's our posture. We await eagerly the moving of the Spirit, as David and his army did of old, uh, in the tops of the branches of the mulberry trees. Uh, We await the sound of the marching of God's angel armies, that host of the Lord, Since that season, we sense that season is here that God has already begun his march. His truth is marching on. It was Paul who said in Galatians 6, 9, do you remember what he said? He said, let us not get weary in well-doing. Oh, because in due season, there it is, in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. In due season. Other translations say in due time or at the right time, when the time is right or at the proper time, we are going to reap. And I believe we are in that certain season. We are in that due season, a season ordained by none other than the Lord God himself. Now, here's one thing you're going to notice about God. You're going to notice quickly and you're going to notice it succinctly. He is the comparative and the superlative in our vocabularies. What do you mean, Brother Gurley? He's the more and he's the most. He's the better and he's the best. He's the greater and he's the greatest. So in his wisdom, God knows the seasons He knows the times, he knows the hours in which we are living in right now, he knows. And because he knows, that means he is far wiser than us. And that's the comparative I wanna settle on today is that God is wiser than me and you. The one who knows the end from the beginning, the one whose thoughts are not as our thoughts, who are higher than our thoughts, his ways are higher than our ways, The one who sees ahead, goes ahead, prepares in advance. He knows. He knew this COVID-19 season would hit us long before we did. He knew this pandemic would come. He knew we would face the strife and the pain of this season. God sees and God knows. And I trust his judgment. Can I get a witness to that? He is wise. He unfolds things in his time and in his way. Can I give you an illustration of that? We call him the father of the faith or the father of the faithful. When God promised Abraham that he would bless him and raise many descendants as the stars of the sky, as the grains of sand on the seashore. In Genesis 15, he said, and by the way, your descendants are going to be strangers in a strange time. They're going to be captive there, and they'll be persecuted for 400 years, but I'll bless them and I'll bring them out. Two centuries before Jacob stepped foot in Egypt, God told Abraham, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I want to give you fair warning, but I'm going to bring them out. And that's the assurance we have, is that hundreds of years before it happened, God saw the season of of deliverance. He sees ahead. He knows the future. He plans the future. He works all things past, present, and future for good to them that love him and are the called according to his purpose. He is wiser. He knows more. And he knows the day. He knows the day in the year of 2020 that this season is going to give way and the darkness will begin to dissipate and the slumbering will be over and the sleepwalking will end, and the morning star will appear, and an awakening will occur in due season. God is wiser than we are. He knows the season. You and I live in these uncertain times. We know we're living in the season where people's hearts are failing for fear. People have given up on so many institutions for the answer, and they're looking to people of faith as never before. When the world goes under, there should be a city set upon a hill whose light cannot be hid. When the world gets ever darker, there should be a light that cannot be hid. People have lost faith in cold and dark religion. They've grown weary of churches and believers that are carnal and worldly. They are looking for people of faith that are not ashamed of who they are and who they represent. There is a hunger out there right now. For everyone who doesn't want it, there is a dozen who does want it. We believe in the power of transformed lives. And we believe in the power of what we're doing here right now, the power of getting together in small groups and praying. We believe in demonstrative worship. We believe in the power of the preach word, that there's power in cooperative effort. We believe that a move of God is spelled U-N-I-T-Y, unity. All of us working and laboring together to see the kingdom march forward. I'm not competing with you. You're not competing with me. We're racing the clock and we have so little time because we're moving into a season where there's gonna be light in the evening time and we're gonna see God pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Paul said to the Corinthians, behold now, or behold now, behold now. I just like that phrase. Behold now. Don't, don't fixate and fasten and focus on some distant future, on tomorrow, next year, next, next month. Uh, uh, don't, don't worry about the past either. Don't focus on the then and don't focus on yesteryear. Behold now. Now, John would say later in his first epistle, beloved, now are we the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know, we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in himself purifies himself even as you pure. We are God's kids right now. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, but there's a not yet. We're not yet what we're going to be, but it's that crucible of hope that melts the dross of doubt and anxiety and worry from us and transforms us into the purest of ore. You've come a long way from what you once were, but God's not yet through with what he's... I feel like that's a word for somebody. God's not through with you yet. You've seen some answers to prayer, but God wants to fulfill your heart's desire. He's not finished with you yet. Uh, Jesus told the Pharisees uh, that if he cast out devils, by God's Spirit, that the kingdom of God had come upon them. But he tells his followers to pray every day, he tells us to pray thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come. And Jesus seems to be telling us we live in a now and a not yet world like seagulls and shorebirds uh, who are caught between sea and surf. Uh, we are caught in between, uh, That, but God is wanting to do something. We, While we're caught between the actual and ideal and the temporal and the eternal and the now and not yet and the misery of the moment and the dreams of tomorrow, God is saying, I am invading your world. And the not yet will become the now. And the moment you've been living for will become the present. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord in that. There's two primary words used for time in the Greek, chronos and kairos. Chronos is sequential time, chronological time, day by day, week by week, month by month. Chronos, chronology, it's man's time. But then there's kairos moments. It's usually translated times or seasons in scripture. And those are the moments in the Bible when a sun stands still or when the shadow on a sundial goes backwards, when the standard and expected is baptized by the hand of God. God, when man's time is deluged by God's time, when the not yet becomes the now. And that's where I believe we are at this very moment. We are living in this season where God wants to unfold his beauty before us. He's wiser than us. Why now? I don't know, except to say it's God's time. He has waited for this dark, dark hour to shine the brightest of all lights. Uh, now, but how, Pastor, how? And the answer is in that verse I reference. We're gonna read, if we faint not. Jesus said in Luke 18, men should always pray and not faint. You're given this, this divine choice, a multiple choice. The options are only two. We either pray or we faint faint. We either pray or we give up. We either pray or we say, I I can do this all by myself. We either pray or we're going to say, there's no hope. We either pray or we're going to say, this darkness is too thick. We either pray or we're going to say, this malaise and despair is too much. God is wanting us to answer in the affirmative, I shall pray. I shall pray as never before. I shall couple my prayer with fasting. I will pray in the company of people that have joined us here today. I want to pray and say in due season, in due season, I shall reap if I faint not. This is the right time, folks. This is a time when God is wanting to move, and I believe he's already moving. We just don't know that yet. This is the time when God is pouring out his power and his sufficiency, and we're turning to him in our faith and in our prayer, and we're binding together saying, God, you're going to make away and you're going to answer prayer in my day, in my hour, and in this moment. You see, today and for the next 20 days, we're going to gather together and say, we believe this is the season when God is moving in our midst, that that which was prophesied And that which was promised uh, that, God, you're going to make it happen in this very moment uh, that we are in. Uh, I sense the presence of the Lord. Can you sense it in this Sunday morning, in this opening day of 21 days of prayer and fasting? When you and I are gathering together, we're trying to decide, okay, how are we going to do this? God, how are you going to make this happen? Lord, how are you going to work this out? God, how are you going to resolve the deep fractures in our world and the sicknesses, God, and the depression and the hurt and the anguish that is happening right now? And I believe God is saying, here is the answer. If you will pray and if you will faint not in due season, you shall reap. You're going to see the answers to your prayers. You're going to see God do something amazing in your midst. Thank you for being a part of this. Would you take a moment, leave your prayer requests out to the side, circle back, and let's bind together in prayer as we began 21 days of prayer and fasting. Thank you for being a part of this. God bless you.